0: This is Jen Kesnick, and you're listening to UBU you you and I'll Be Me. And today I have someone who I found on Instagram, which I love when I get to uh, connect with people on Instagram and learn new things and meet new people that are really interesting and cool. So, Jan Crable is a founder of Big River Advertising in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, she spent her entire career helping companies reinvent and reimagine themselves when they were at a turning point. And then suddenly, with three sons scattered across the globe and home alone with her husband for the first time in 35 years, uh, she realized that she needed to reimagine herself. And of course, being a strategic planner, there needed to be a plan. So she began to organic, uh, reimagine herself and of course, oh, sorry, am I doing <laughs> Organically, by re-examining her own life as well as mentoring her women friends who found themselves in the same boat. Following a lifelong love of photography, she began to document her journey on Instagram with a growing community of post-mommers, and this is my favorite, hello, hashtag, post syndrome. Hey, Jan. Hi, Jan.
1: How are you? I'm
0: um, great. Thank you so much for coming
1: on. Uh, you know, I'm so excited. And let me just mention... You know, something that you said about Instagram, I, I love Instagram. I love looking at the photos and reading the captions, but my very favorite thing is all the people that I've met virtually through Instagram, Norway, Finland, Russia, yeah, here at home, that, you know, you would have never, you know, had any kind of contact with before. So say what you will about social media, but it can be a really incredible thing.
0: Yeah, if you use it for positive, then it is positive, right?
1: Exactly. I, you know, there's no reason to think of the platform itself as a negative. Think of the platform as something really great, and right. it can be great for you.
0: I agree. And when I, I – somehow, I you know, you were probably – your Instagram account was probably suggested to me, and I saw your pictures, and I loved your photographs. They're beautiful. Thank you. Um, basically all around your life in, in Virginia and – a lot of nature and just really pretty and things that I love. So I followed you. And then uh, I guess the first time I saw that hashtag post mom syndrome and it just struck a chord with me and I reached out to you and was just like, that is amazing. So I know we talked about that before, but just tell the story about your son and how you came up with that.
1: Well, you know, my oldest son is almost 30. Um, So I woke up a while ago, um, and realized, oh, my Lord, at some point, my children are going to leave the nest, and I looked around me, and all these women were just so sad about it, and I thought to myself, you know, self, it doesn't have to be that way, (laughs) I'm actually looking forward to it, Uh, but you did mention my son, because the funny thing is, I started talking about post-mom syndrome a number of years ago, and my youngest son just flew the nest, and he would get so upset with me and say to me, but mom, you're still my mom right. and you're always going to be my mom. Right. So what is this all about? So I have to step carefully. <laughs> yes. And,
0: and I think that anyone who's in our shoes of being in an emptiness understands that it mean it doesn't mean I'm not a mom anymore. It just means the role that we once had is completely different. So what's next?
1: Yeah. What's next? And I will say, I love this role. I think you said it better than I would have. You said moving from oh, yeah. Ma- oh my
0: manager to consultant.
1: Yes. I love that so much because I am a great consultant, <laughs> right. but I can't be responsible for everything that makes you happy in your life. So, you know, one of the real joys for me is and, you know, tell me if, if you experience the same thing. But one of my real joys is watching my children develop into the adult that they're going to be. It's so exciting when they take a turn that you didn't expect. It's like, oh, my gosh, I created this little creature. And now look at him flying. And I love him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely. It is. It's so exciting. You know, every time they get to another milestone, it's just like, wow, that is amazing. Good for you guys. And I'm so happy for you that you're getting all these great experiences out of life.
1: Yes, exactly. And experiences that, you know, I wish I had. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the jealousy. (laughs) I know.
0: Serious. Seriously. But that's the thing. I, I read a quote somewhere recently that said, you know, your children's lo- your children's future are going to be filled with rich experiences. So why shouldn't yours be as well?
1: Uh, you know, it's so true. And, you know, but you do, you know, I, I think I, I say in my bio that you have to have a plan. And, you know, the, the thing that I realized is you're not just going to wake up on day one of an empty nest and say, okay, here it is. Let's, let's live it. I'm a strategist and a planner by nature, so I had to literally stand back and say, okay, what is this life that I want to now lead now that I have time, now that I have money, now that I am more confident with myself, now that I'm in a good place with my career? What is this life I want to lead, and how am I actually going to make that happen because it's just not going to Poof! Materialize if I don't give it some thought. So that's a great. That's what I kind of try to write about. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a great point because it can't just be thoughtless. Because next thing you know, you're just you know in a mundane cycle of doing the same old thing just without your kids at home.
1: Yeah, and exactly. And that's what my husband and I experienced right away. You know, especially I think the time that I noticed it the most, honestly, would be after work every day. Yeah, And when the kids are there, after work is all about, hey, honey, are you coming home for dinner? Do you have some kind of practice? Are you at a friend's house? Should I make dinner? You make a big dinner and they don't show up, (laughs) blah, 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 right? So suddenly it was my husband and me. We didn't want a big dinner, but we didn't really, we hadn't really thought it through. So we found ourselves sitting in the den kind of on our phones with technology and not even talking to each other. Yeah. And as is my way, after a couple of days of that, I said, whoa, this can't happen. Right. You know, what right. am I going to do about this? So I started to create little rituals that we have where... Um, not really so much a happy hour cause we're, we've never been big drinkers. Uh-huh. Um, but you know what, it's just a little ritual that we can pause and reflect on the day and take a moment out to, you know, think about what we accomplished today and who did you talk to and what did you hear? Just reconnect. And, yes. Reconnect in a, a quiet, positive way. And then, you know, when the weather allows for it, we try to take a walk and those things are so simple. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but you know, what do you want your evenings to be like? And then spreading from there, what do we want our weekends to be like now that we have time? What do we want our vacations to be like now that, Oh my gosh, we're going to go on a vacation. Just the two of us.
0: Right. Right. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, and, and, you know, I remember when our last daughter went away, we were looked at each other and we're like, okay, this is where the rubber meets the road. Like we haven't been alone forever. So, Let's hope that we still like each other, you know, because that's that's something you have to reconnect by. You, you're not talking about your kids' uh, activities and problems. You're just the, it's just the two of you again.
1: Oh my gosh, it's so true. And you know, you are now with the person who is the most important person in your life, and they've always been the most important. But it's hard for them to be the most important when you've got the kids at home and you're trying to take care of the kids. So if you are fortunate enough to be married and that's what you want to be, I don't want to say that everybody needs to be married, but if you're in a relationship um, and it is important to you, then you have to put time and effort into that relationship. And that was kind of the other thing that struck me is, okay, I've spent 30 years putting time and effort into these little birds that have now flown the nest. So you know what? I need to now put time and effort into this person who has stood by me through sick and thin. Yep. And when I say thick, I mean there were times when I was hard to live with. So. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so, you know, what, what are you going to do to really solidify that relationship? And to say, you know, what are we going to do together? What are we going to be together? Where are we going to go together? And,
0: and at the same time, figuring out who you are now.
1: Oh my so gosh. it's a lot of so, change,
0: a lot of transition all at once.
1: Yeah, and I, that's possibly really the hardest thing for me because, as you've heard me say over and over already, I'm a planner. So I decide what I'm going to obtain, and then I put a plan into place to get it. And so I was putting a plan into place of how I was going to reacquaint myself with myself, and a young friend of mine that I had lunch with said, you know, Jan, maybe you just need to pause, be still and let the universe speak to you. Mm. And it was like, Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. That's pretty wise advice. I know. And he is so much younger than me. And I looked at him and said, how can you be so much wiser than me?
0: (laughs) Sometimes it's easy for someone else to see very clearly what the answer is. Exactly.
1: But you know, he was so right. And, um, and I even knew the vehicle. I made a plan to not plan. Um, I've been a meditator for years, but I had let my practice get all goofed up, you know, and icky. And I just wasn't really being true to my meditation practice like I should have been. So my plan to not plan was to really get back into my meditation practice. Oh, that's and great. If anyone is listening that has considered meditation, let me just say it is the one thing I have ever done for myself that is hands down the best thing I've ever done.
0: That's amazing.
1: It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to go to a class. Right. I've done it with two different apps on my phone. I'll be happy to make a recommendation. You don't have to do it perfect. You can do it for five minutes. You can do it for 30 minutes. Just do it because just... Like my young friend said, just that time of peace in your brain where you're not doing 10 other things yeah. to just allow your brain to rest, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, because how can you reconnect with someone else if you're not connected to who you really are?
1: It's so true. And, you know, you have to really understand authentically what you want. And it's so easy to think you know what you want. You know, people say, oh, when the kids are gone, we're going to travel all the time. Right. Right. The truth is, I love to travel, but I really don't want to travel all the time. Right. You know, (laughs) I, I, we have our spot in the mountains and, you know, there's something to be said for the comfort of that place where you're not going to get on a plane and, you know, nothing's going to get delayed. And when you arrive, your suitcase is actually in the back of the car where you put it. And yeah, yeah.
0: And I think part of this time of life, too, is is kind of learning to appreciate where you are and your surroundings and seeing the beauty in the everyday things, not just like, well, now I have to go to Paris because I need to see the Eiffel Tower. It's like, look outside your backyard and watch the birds on your bird feeder.
1: Oh, my gosh, it is so true. Uh, Just pausing and reflecting on what you have instead of not wanting more, I, I think that's really a part of it too. And I think midlife is really the perfect time to do it because, you know, in a lot of ways you've obtained, you've spent those years obtaining. Yep. And then you have also come to realize what you can't realize in youth or is very difficult to realize in youth is that none of those things are that meaningful. And you know what, walk back on your porch and have a cup of warm tea and yeah, you still feel good about it, whether or not you obtained that beautiful coffee mug that you saw at the shop. Although I still want that mug. I still want that mug. Let me, let me be clear.
0: My Uh, husband said a few years ago, we were in the process of selling, uh, our home that we lived in for 25 years and we were purging lots of stuff. And he said, it's like, we've been preparing for a camping trip for 25 years. And now it's time to go camp. You know, it's like, we don't need any more things.
1: Exactly. Now we can go just on the trip. Right. Exactly, and, and I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, people just spend so many years building up, building up, building up. And what are you building up to? Yeah. Um, so here we are, you know, it's midlife and research because I'm a researcher. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, midlife, if you talk to people, midlife is the happiest time of life. And so just going back to post mom syndrome, you know, so many people that I knew who's kids had flown the nest they were just so sad and it's the last time we're ever going to do this and it's the last time we're ever going to do this and you know it really why would you look at things that way when you know this is the time to really enjoy all those years that you spent building up to you know so um
0: I've been thinking about that recently because the the thinking about the difference between tradition and ritual, because some traditions just aren't going to happen year after year after year as children's lives become their own and more involved and complicated, but you can always have a ritual. So say Christmas dinner isn't going to be at aunt so-and-so's like it always has been for the last 20 years, but what is it going to be now? Let's create something new.
1: You know, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that so much, because I've really grabbed on to that practice of having a ritual. You know, the um, the West thinks of things as habits. The Eastern people think of it as more ritual. So, what is that thing that you do that? The practice is actually drawing people together regardless of where you are. So like you say, the family dinner, it does not have to be around the dining table where mom cooks for five days and then they eat for 15 minutes and then mom cleans the kitchen. Right. It can be at a lovely restaurant. It can be um, a picnic on the side of a mountain. It can be... We're trying to convince our children to go to Scotland where my middle son is in school for Christmas next year. Um, And you can do all the things, um, but just do them in a different place while you're enjoying something new. So I am a lover of the word ritual. And I think having those rituals together, um, it's really what life is all about. That moment of just enjoying that very instant that you find yourself in, regardless of the paraphernalia around you that you were accustomed to doing. So Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought up the word ritual.
0: And being flexible and open-minded to, you know, what's next.
1: Exactly. And I, you know, flexible is such a good word too, because like you say, your children's lives become more complicated and there's a girlfriend and her parents are divorced and her mom lives in Oklahoma and her dad lives in Florida. And, you know, so she's trying to see her parents. And of course she wants your son with him. And, you know, so you just have to think about, you know, how they're stretched and how they're trying to make everyone happy too. And, you know, how you can participate and make things easier for them by just being flexible and having early Christmas or. Yeah. Like Christmas or and whatever.
0: not putting pressure on because you're not doing what I tell you to do because I'm your mom.
1: Exactly. But you know what? Let's be honest. They never did what you told them to do anyway. <laughs> <Right>. So why <my laughs> think they're going to start now.
0: <laughs> so true. <I> <laughs> yeah. So what does your meditation practice look like? Do you do it first thing in the morning?
1: Yes. I actually, when I started my refreshed meditation journey. I've always done it first thing in the morning, but I decided that I needed to ritualize it a little bit more than I had been. Um, so I have a spot in my living room. We have a huge window in my living room and I put a meditation cushion. Now you don't have to do any of this. So I don't want it to sound complicated for anyone who thinks they may want to meditate. It can just be a chair
0: in your room if you want it to be.
1: Absolutely. It can be sitting on the beach. When I'm in the mountains, I sit on a rock in the river. Um, but I sit in my living room and I sit down on my cushion and I have a couple of candles that I light just to kind of bring me into the moment Mm -hmm. and depending on how much time I have, I like to meditate for 30 minutes and I know that sounds crazy to anyone thinking about meditating, but you you can also meditate for five. Yeah, exactly. You don't sit down the first day and meditate for 30 and that's one of the, you know, if you choose to use an app to learn how to meditate, that is the first thing that they tell you. It's just finding, you know, it could be taking five deep breaths. Right. Um, before you go into a meeting and in fact before you called me I did a five minute meditation practice just to focus my mind and take some deep breaths because I just got off of a phone call with a client and you know you had to get into the the different space you know this is a different conversation I'm gonna have so you know it also works so so many of us women have a hard time sleeping Mm -hmm. um there are, I don't know if you've ever tried this, Jen. I'm making an assumption that you, like so many of the rest of us, have a hard time sleeping. Yeah, of course. Um, My husband ever- actually
0: complained this morning that he didn't get a good night's sleep. And I said, how long did you sleep for? And, you know, he told me and I was like, why are you complaining?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a full night's sleep <laughs> yeah. for me. Exactly. Well, you know, if you, there's meditation practices when you wake up in the middle of the night, which is a time for me, I don't have trouble falling asleep. I have trouble waking up at two Right. and the whole world enters your brain. You know, I'm not ready for this meeting and, you know, I'm worried about son number one going on this trip and blah, blah, blah. Well, you really just having a meditation practice to get those things out of your head because those things jumping around in your head are what's keeping you awake. So, you know that that's been one of the tangible ways that I've seen meditation help me. And I'm sorry, this is turning to the meditation phone call, but no, um, it's all part of it. Is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> is waking up in the middle of the night and knowing what to do about it. Yeah. Okay. I am now going to do X, Y, Z and my mind is going to clear and I'll at least have a chance to fall asleep. I might not fall back asleep, but I have a chance
0: and you're resting. And that's all you want, right? Yeah. You
1: just want a chance.
0: <laughs> it's so true. And, you know, getting back to what you were saying before about how, you know, we all have friends who are just so devastated and heartbroken that their children are growing up. Um, and, Part of me was like, Should I feel bad that I don't feel that way? You know, like Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of looking forward to this.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and like um other friends of mine that, you know, their children had left the nest, they kinda looked at me expectantly like, Oh, she's gonna get it now. She's gonna understand why I've been so sad and I'm like, you know, yes, there are moments of sadness. I would never say that there are not moments when I hold up a picture of the young children smiling happily at the camera. No one's arguing. The camera doesn't reflect that Logan just hit Connor on the head. (laughs) You know, there are those moments when it's a moment of sadness. But that's in that's the situation in any life. You know, overall, I'm just I'm happy that I. I've accomplished what I've accomplished. I've gotten these kids to the point where they know how to seek their own happiness. And your post on Instagram this morning was perfect. Oh. Um, you know, you you know, if you can check those boxes, you've done it for them. You've done it for yourself. And you've done it for the world, quite frankly. Yeah, um,
0: that's our contribution.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, overall, I am very happy. And that's always been my motto. You know what? Happy with the phase that you're in because you can't jump back to another phase.
0: Well, there's a, so, a, a, a Welsh word that you may have heard of before called Hireth.
1: Oh, I have it. I'm writing that down. How do you spell that?
0: H I R E A T H. Oh, Hireth. Yeah.
1: And it I basically it.
0: means longing for a time that you can't go back to.
1: Why? What's the point? I yeah. mean, yeah, don't do it. You know, be happy where you are. Um and just say, you know, what am I gonna do today to find some happiness? And you know, I also recently read this theory that, you know, if you're dreading something and you you can't get it out of your head, if you take a moment and pause and say, Hmm, what if I actually figured out what was going to be good about this thing I'm dreading, and then focus myself on the good and to be excited about the good instead of dreading the bad, yeah, it really changes your outlook. And by golly, it was true. I tried that on a couple of things and it was because uh, I'm a natural born introvert. I, you know, I, I love to go out and hang out with people, but I always dread it. So I've really tried to focus my mind on, you know, once I get to this party, I'm going to have a great time.
0: Yeah, same.
1: Yeah. And it's amazing. (laughs) I always have a good time
0: when I'm there. It's just like, Oh God.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to go to this party. I just like to put my pajamas on and eat chocolate in front of the fireplace. But yeah, but you know, i found by focusing on, you know, I'm going to have so much fun and Marianne's going to be there or whatever. And I haven't seen Marianne and it really changes my outlook on things. It is just amazing.
0: No, you're right. And that is a great lesson for so many things in our lives where, you know, just stop fighting it, accept what it is and look at the bright side.
1: Exactly. And you know, your mind is in charge of every freaking thing, right? So if you can stop rattling the negative things around in your head and say, you know what, I'm going to rattle some positive stuff instead, it's really life-changing. And I'm not going to say that I don't rattle around some negative things. I certainly do. But I feel like I can say to myself now, stop rattling that negative and let's rattle some positive and get on down the road.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, I try to do that as well. And, you know, I say to people all the time, I have this practice that helps me. It doesn't mean that I'm not still a lunatic sometimes, but I can get back to center a little quicker than I used to be able to.
1: And that's why they call it practice. practice. You know, It occurred to me one day a while ago, uh, people who are really into yoga, they call it a yoga practice because no one's doing it perfect, you're practicing, right? It's a practice. So anything that you're doing with your mind or discovering yourself or meditation, anything like that, it's, it's really a practice because you're not ever going to check the big box that yep, I have perfected this thing. That is me. Yeah. I'm crushing life. Yeah. And I can, I can now move on.
0: It's all good because it's not going to (laughs) be. Well, a friend of mine was saying recently, you know, her children are grown, no one lives at home and she, um, you know, lives for when they visit and they're married grandchildren, all that stuff. She's like, for a while, you know, I got really sad. It was just like, what am I doing? I'm just living life in between people coming to visit me. Like I have to figure out what life is all about because I can't just live for these random weekends when they decide they have time to visit. So I think it's hard for people too at this stage of the game, when you've invested everything into being, you know, into your family or or your career, like, what is it? How do you find your thing? And I know meditation is a good way, but there's, you know, there's lots of things out there to get interested in.
1: Oh, so many things. And, you know, another thing that I find really important and, you know, again, research says that one of the most important things to do in midlife is to embark on something new Um, you know, to set goals for yourself. And, you know, so for me, I've always loved photography and Probably my biggest challenge is that my oldest son is actually a photographer. So oh. he looks at me and rolls his eyes, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: my youngest is going to art school for photography, and we do the oh, same really? thing. Yeah, we do the same thing. She's like, yeah, that's nice, Mom. I'm like, it's really good. Come on, give me credit. <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh, Mom, that's overexposed. Yeah. And what is that crazy color over here? So I just had to smile and ignore him, but I love him. Yeah. Loki, love <laughs> you. Um, But, you know, I had a decent camera and so, you know, for my I did not make resolutions because I've never really been a resolution maker. But I did say, you know what, I think this year I'm going to actually learn how to use some of those features on my camera that I'm thinking if I learn how to use them, my photographs will actually get better. So, um, you know, I'm just taking it a step at a time. I am never going to be a photographer. No one is ever going to hire me to take a photograph. But it gets, A, it gets me out of the house because I want to get somewhere where I can take a photograph. So it gets me out. It gets me walking. It gets me climbing. It gets me hiking. Yeah. It gets me calling a friend because if I'm going to go to the river at dawn, I don't want to go by myself. Yeah. Um, So it gets me out and about. And being creative. Yes. You know, I... I'm surrounded by creative folks working in an advertising agency. And if I had my one wish in life, it would be to be more creative. And everyone's always like, you you're really creative. I don't know that I am, but I am very happy to have some kind of outlet where I can take a photo and I can do with it what I wish. Yeah. And I can post it on Instagram and some people will actually like it and comment on it. Yeah, absolutely. um, Your photographs are
0: beautiful. I said that before. I just love them.
1: Well, thank you. You know, I'm I'm having fun playing around and kind of figuring out my style. And like I say, learning to use my (laughs) camera.
0: Yeah. Well, in this stage, too, like think about like I when I was a kid, I didn't know if I wanted to be a photographer or Bob Newhart. I was like, I definitely want to be a therapist. You know, I was like eight years old thinking that, That like, that's my job, Bob Newhart. So between having this podcast, which I, you know, created last year, and Instagram and getting a chance to take photographs and talk to people and, you know, I'm not necessarily giving advice. I'm just talking to people about, you know, experiences and getting it out there for anyone else who, you know, is feeling something similar and can it resonate with them. Um, but I feel like I'm, I'm getting to do all the things I always wanted to do. So that's also something you can think of to yourself if you're figuring out like, what is it? What did you always want to do?
1: And you know, I, I also feel for the folks who say to themselves, um, there really isn't one thing that I always wanted to do Mm -hmm. because, you know, I, you know, I'm going to admit I was not born thinking I would like to be a photographer. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just something that's kind of developed over the last few years. And I've said, you know, I'm going to experiment with it. So I, you know, I also don't want to make, you know, imply that everybody has to have a passion. Right. And I let me just say here, I don't know if you watch any of the Oprah super soul Sundays, of course, did you see the Elizabeth Gilbert one? Was the it? flight of the hummingbird. I didn't see that one. It is so interesting because basically what she's talking about is that she spent, you know, most of her career after she wrote Eat Pray Love, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know who Elizabeth Gilbert is, um telling people that they had to follow their passion. Right. And she gave one of her talks one night and she came back to her room and she was drinking a glass of wine and she opened up her email and there was an email from a woman who said, I love this and I love you and I loved your talk, but it made me so depressed because I do not have a passion. Mm -hmm. Does everyone have to have a passion? And so her Super Soul Sunday talk is about, she gave that some thought and she realized that some of the people that she looked up to the most in her life were not people who had a singular passion. Mm -hmm. They did not want to be writers from the time they were born, but instead they would get excited about things that crossed their path in life and they would jump into it and they would learn more about it and they would do it and then they would move on to something else. So... Really, their passion was experimenting and learning new things versus having this one thing that they always wanted to do. And that was really kind of liberating for me because, again, being a person in advertising, you know, you always talk to these companies and you tell them, first, you need to find your why or whatever. Right, right. And then... I never thought of
0: it that way. That's really true and interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, not everyone has this burning thing. That they would throw everything else away to do. Um, And so it was like, oh my gosh, again, like what you said about being happy when your nest was empty and feeling guilty about it. You know, having that realization, I am not alone. I am not a person who had this lifelong passion and now I can fulfill it. Right. That is not me. But I'm learning to do a number of things that I formerly could not have done. And I am trying, as my young friend told me to to listen to the universe and what path it takes me on. And this phone call is a a great path um, and a great example of that because I did not wake up one day and said, you know, I am going to become a blogger on Midlife and Empty Nest. It was never that. Right. Um, I just kind of started talking about it. And now people are reaching out to me uh, because I've been talking about it. And it's very exciting. Um, And who knows? I might continue to really follow that for a long time or I might kind of say this doesn't seem right to me anymore, but that's okay too. Yeah, so I'm, I'm having fun with it while it's happening.
0: Yeah. We have the prerogative of saying anytime we want to, okay, what's next?
1: Exactly. What's next is such a good question. And what's next does not have to have an immediate answer. Right. You know, you can reflect on it. You can take your time, just go on that trip and enjoy yourself, and, you know, try to be content. You know, I think also a, a challenge for all of us is that the overuse of the word happy, yeah, um, and feeling like you have to be ecstatic all the time. Right. I've really found that a better word for me is content.
0: That's good. Um,
1: you know, just having being able to find some peace in my soul is probably the best I can really obtain on a day to day basis because life has challenges. Yeah, and you um,
0: let life unfold, and you know, sometimes it's gonna take you down to your knees, and some, yes, and you know, you got to get back up and, and make the best of whatever comes after that. You know, it's just, yes,
1: exactly. Never don't punish yourself for whatever mistakes you might have made along the way that brought you to that place. Yeah. You know, I think we all punish ourselves too much, but that's a whole different podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To be continued.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Anytime, Jen. Just let me know.
0: Thank you. Mm. Um, Well, I really appreciate you coming on. I've, like I said, love your Instagram. Uh, Cozy Season Midlife Musings. I love it. Mm. It's perfect. Hashtag post-mom syndrome is, you know, just really resonated with me. And I'm so glad that I reached out to you and that you were willing to come on.
1: That is so good. And let me also mention that if you find yourself loving the mountain side of it more, I also have a different Instagram called mountain mamas.
0: Oh, good. Um,
1: And so there, we, you know, I just, I have a partner on that one and we just post, you know, our adventures in West Virginia, the coziest spot in our little corner of the world. It really
0: is beautiful.
1: Yeah. So come on down and visit us sometime, I, Jen. We'd love to have you. I would
0: love to. My daughter's in school in Savannah, so maybe on one of these. Oh,
1: my Lord. That's where my son went.
0: Oh, did he go to SCAD?
1: Yeah. My oldest son went to SCAD.
0: Yep. Oh, so that's where my youngest is.
1: Oh, my gosh. So we I need to get back to Savannah. If anybody has not been to Savannah, put it on your list. Yeah, it's great. such a great place. It yes.
0: is. I'm going in two weeks.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, let me know the next times you're going to be there because we can definitely sync up in Savannah and have a drink along the river
0: and
1: hang out at the Bohemian. Say no uh, more.
0: Sounds perfect. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And we'll definitely stay in touch. And I'd love to have you on again anytime because I like what you say.
1: Awesome, And I like where you're going with your podcast and congratulations on uh, finding something that you really wanted to do that brings you contentment.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because um, something that I really wanted to do, who knew? I didn't know that I wanted to do a podcast until I was doing it. Um, but the cool thing is, is getting to talk to all different people who do all different kinds of things and just finding out what everybody's thing is and, you know, just Telling other people about it because you never know. Maybe you hear something and you think, I never thought about that. I'm going to try that out or check that out or say yes to that or try meditation or whatever the case may be. So, thanks for being a part of it.
1: I, I, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. And then let's do it again sometime.
0: All right, cool. Thank uh, you, Jen. Thank you. So, thanks for listening, everyone. If you like what you hear, please go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Um, until next time. Work hard, be nice, have fun, peace.